Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks so much for joining us today and welcome into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Chaz Price and myself. My name is Chris Swan. 419-794-3030. That's the phone number to get in touch with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. 419-794-3030. Online, ARHQ.com. On today's show, at what point is it worth getting a financial advisor? What you should do when your spouse loses their job? How to handle an inheritance? And find out if actor Harrison Ford is about to hang it up. All this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys, Chaz, Nolan. As always, glad to be with you. How are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's good to be here. We just uh, finished up our semi-annual economic update. So we were talking about the markets, the state of the economy. And, of course, on today's show, we're going to share what we had talked about in case you weren't able to join us. Uh, And uh, we also do have some other events that are coming up. So the Retirement Playbook is going to be the next event that we have coming up. Uh, Get those folks that are close to or in retirement time ready to go with a playbook for retirement. Uh, Again, ARHQ.com is where you can get that information. Yeah, uh, good to be back on the show, guys. Absolutely. You know, the education doesn't just go uh, on here on the show or when you come into the offices. Uh, Lots of events uh, throughout the region. You can find one that's convenient for you if you've got the time. They'd love to have you out there. Go to ARHQ.com to find out all about those events and where to register. Uh, Let's go ahead and and jump in here. Wall Street has been enjoying a pretty nice rally lately, honestly, but one strategist is saying, don't don't say that this is here to stay. Matt Maley tells CNBC, the market honestly can't stay at these levels. Even if we don't fall into recession, when you got a market that's trading at 19 times earnings, it has to come back down to fairly value. Remember what happened in 2000 to 2003. We had one of the mildest recessions in history, and yet the stock market still got clobbered. Why? Because it started at an incredibly high valuation level, extremely high valuation, and it just takes much longer for it to get back down to fairly value. So guys, do you get into this discussion with people that come in, or should we be more concerned with long-term planning than the short-term rallies? Well, it's definitely been a topic of conversation. In fact, in our February investment committee meeting, that was one of the topics that we talked about is, you know, short term, there's a a lot of news that's out there that could talk about how the market could go down coming up. You know, we had a little bit of a sell off during that one week. And then uh, other times people were talking about how the market's just set to rally back up like it's been doing from October. So I think, you know, when I'm looking at long term planning versus short term wins, um, I'm going to go back and first of all, reference an article that was written by Warren Buffett. And as many you know, probably one of the most successful investors of all time. Mm -hmm. If you get an opportunity, what I encourage you to do is go on Google and you can Google this article. It's by Warren Buffett. It's by American IM. Now he wrote this article back in October 16th of 2008. So if we go back into that time frame, right, the financial world was in a mess, both the United States and even overseas, there was so many different problems that we're having with the meltdown in the financial markets. And when we look through this article that he wrote, a couple of things I underlined that uh, stood out to me in this article is one is he said, a simple rule dictates my buying. Be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. 
And then he goes on to say, to be sure, investors are right to be worried of highly leveraged entities or businesses which have weak competitive positions. And then he you know, went on to say, let me be clear on one point. I cannot predict the short-term movements in the stock market. Now, Chaz, you've been to a lot of different events that we've been doing here lately. And one of the questions I asked the audience is I asked the audience, hey, from where we're at right now within the stock market, only one of two things can happen first. Either the market rally that started back in October continues on, the market goes back up 20%, and this would be what that closing number would be, or that was just a short-term rally in a bigger bear market, and then the bears are going to come back to rear their head, and the market's going to sell back off another 20%. I asked the audience which are going to happen first, and from my unscientific data, what I would say is roughly 70% of the audience probably raised their hand that say mm -hmm. down first. And so if you use this article that Warren Buffett you know, wrote about by American IM, from the date that he wrote that article, October 16th, 2008, through March 9th of 2009, so just a couple of months later, the stock market was down 28%. You know, so had you read his article back in October of 08 and went and purchased the market, I think maybe a couple months later, you'd be thinking, what an idiot. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of advice is that? My account value is down and the market's down 28%. But if you look at it from October of 08 to October of 2009, that one year time frame, the market had improved by actually 14%. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at it from October 8th to October 22nd, so looking at it from, again, October 2008 to October 2022, the market, the S&P was up 280%. So, you know, when we're looking at long-term planning versus short-term wins, I think, again, you know, the pullback that we had in the market can create some great opportunities for people that have time on their side and not have to worry so much about the short-term predictions of the market. Um, what would yeah, you say? I would agree with that. I mean, I think last year, the silver lining to the, the carnage that was the market is, again, the fact that amongst that rubble, there are a lot of gems. It's just, it's, it's our job to try to find those. And it's been extremely difficult because of all the competing viewpoints that are out there. Some, as you said, Nolan, feel that, you know, interest rates are going to continue to go up and that, again, the market's going to you know, sell off another uh, 15 to 20% from here. There's another camp that says that we may actually uh, have already caused some significant recessionary pressure on the economy and it's going to be not a soft landing but a hard landing and then the government is going to have to you know kind of reverse their course and start taking interest rates back down again kind of put us into that quantitative easing space where just a few years ago interest rates were effectively zero and in some countries even negative and so Nobody really knows, obviously, but I think one of the bigger risks that we face as investors and, um, and sometimes as uh, financial advisors is that we tend to over-extrapolate you know, and focus more so on the, the short end uh, and, and, and ex expectations that these, these inflationary trends are going to continue forever. I mean, I think that's what kind of got us into trouble with uh, the the recent downturn is we thought that these low interest rates, this, um, you know, free money, this money tree that was out there was going to be around forever, and it wasn't. And then in COVID, uh, during 2020, we thought that, you know, COVID, okay, 
uh, meeting in person is over. Never going to be doing anything in person. We need these a, a lot more cloud computing technology. We need new technology and, and computers to be able to interface electronically. And then a year later, you know, it's somewhat solved. So the, the bigger takeaway that I have is don't extrapolate out these these big macro trends too far um, you know this too shall pass we are going to we are going to come into um, you know a different time when the market is not going down it's not been like a yo-yo and um, you know it could be sooner than we think so you want to make sure that you have some some flexible assets you have some ability to take advantage of those trends when they they do change yeah and i think you know if you look at it short term what you want to be doing short term is you want to look at again where maybe some of those opportunities are right now going back to that article again what he talked about in 08 is one of the things he said is to be sure investors are right to be worried of highly leveraged entities or businesses with weak competitive positions. So I really think that that rings true today. I think, you know, when you're looking at the investments that you own, uh, we still like companies that people use every single day. We like companies that, you know, have good cash positions, low debt, high return on equity, you know, unique competitive advantages uh, compared to their competition. Those are the areas to take a look at. When you're looking at it at more short term, the other thing I think you want to do is look at maybe thinking about the strategy of having a gas pedal put on your portfolio. You know, so so many times people go from kind of one extreme to the next, meaning that they'll either have all their money in the market or they'll get panicked and they'll get all of the money out of the market. And that's very difficult when you get in or out. But the strategy of having a gas pedal means looking at your portfolio and being more adaptive to current market conditions. So, you know, when the conditions look bad, things technically look negative, what you can do is lean off the gas pedal. You know, you talk about investors, they overreact. So last year, you know, as you've heard that the bond market had one of the worst years on record. If you look at some of the bond prices that are out there, you know, there's been a lot of bond categories that have been oversold. You know, so I did a show, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. Again, just type in America's Retirement Headquarters on YouTube. Uh, check out the show that I talked about, the 60-40 portfolio and our outlook for 2023, because I think there's some good ideas. And again, that could be another area where, you know, some of those values have been pushed down in the bond market category that do create some opportunities. There's also opportunities within the market as long as you're selective on what you know and what you own and what you put into your portfolio. And I guess, you know, if you're listening to the show and you've stuck with me that long with learning about long-term versus short-term and which one wins, uh, just know if you're not sure and you want a second opinion, uh, whether you have a 401k or whether you're just looking for a second set of eyes, the, the next step to do is to get an investment policy statement to have have an independent portfolio analysis done. Take a look at the independent portfolio analysis. What we can do is we can take your investments and we can slice and dice and go through and be able to break it down to you in terms that you understand, kind of show you where we think some of the strengths are in the portfolio, maybe where some of the weaknesses are, and give you feedback on how to optimize your portfolio. So if you haven't got a portfolio optimization report, uh, I would encourage you to give us a call. That's the best way to know what to do now to make sure that your long term plan still wins. As you guys both said earlier, you know, if you've got time on your side, you can withstand the ups and downs of the market. But the show is called 
America's Retirement Headquarters. This is home of the Retirement Guys formula. Many of the listeners are approaching retirement, if not already in retirement. And so time not necessarily going to be on their side to just kind of wait it out. So having a more dynamic, a more objective approach, and that can be a little bit trickier to do when it's your own money that you're working on. But uh, having, you know, that independent portfolio analysis done, that portfolio optimization report can go a long way to hopefully giving you some comfort and showing you where opportunities may lie uh, right now with, with the market conditions. And so it's real easy to get started. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Once again, that's 419-794-3030. You can go online to arhq.com. While you're there, click on the events tab at arhq.com and find one of the upcoming uh, financial events that's going on and feel free to register for that as well. Now let's talk about a little bit of good news here. Proposed cuts to Social Security and Medicare are apparently off the table as part of negotiations to deal with the nation's debt ceiling. At one point, they were talking about raising the full retirement age for Social Security to 70, which would mean that workers and retirees would have to work an additional three to four years to receive their full benefits. Well, that is, like I said, been axed, not happening this time around. The solvency of Social Security remains in question, remains in doubt. If similar cuts do happen eventually in the future, how would that impact someone's decision of how and when to retire? Well, I mean, Social Security is really a cornerstone of somebody's retirement. When you think about the amount of income that that could provide during the course of a retired couple's lifetime can oftentimes be almost a million dollars when you add it up. And if I think about it, I think about, so what is the biggest problem with Social Security? Um, You know, we'll tell you a little bit about what's going on with Social Security, but the biggest problem that I see with Social Security is many retirees are making a decision on when to draw benefits and oftentimes drawing benefits early and accepting a lifetime penalty because of the fact that they're worried about the insolvency of Social Security or they're worried about, you know, how long it's going to take before they break even. So there's there's things that you can control in your situation and there's things that you can't control. We can't control what the politicians end up deciding to do with Social Security. There's some big problems, but you as a listener, you can control the decision you make on when to select Social Security. So if you thought about, you know, hey, I better get Social Security before it goes broke, or I better get it because I might die early, I would say look at it in a different approach. Don't accept a lifetime penalty uh, for drawing benefits early and negatively impacting it. What you need to do is you need to have a Social Security optimization report. So what we can do is we can take your information, your spouse's information, uh, maybe if you're a widow or you know somebody who's gone through a divorce we can take all those facts and figures we can put it in there and we can look at the hundreds of possible outcomes that somebody could decide on when to draw social security benefits we can ask you the question as far as what did you think would have been your best approach and what were you going to do when you were drawing social security we can run that analysis we can let the computer tell us what they believe is the optimized approach you know we can run uh, option b option c and help you make an informed, educated decision on uh, what your benefits are. But, you know, when we look at this, it still goes back to one of the biggest problems uh, with Social Security is that it is projected to run out of money in the coming decades. You know, it's funded through payroll taxes, but the number of workers paying into the system continues to shrink uh, as the older generation, you know, is moving into retirement time. Um, You know, my generation and younger aren't having as many children as uh, the past and people are living longer. And it's going to mean 
fewer workers are going to be supporting a larger number of retirees. It's continually putting a strain on the finances. And so the additional way that Social Security benefits are calculated, it creates some impurities and inequities, I should say, uh, particularly for you know certain groups such as lower income workers, uh, those who are living longer. The system also faces political challenges, as we've seen about the debates as far as what they disagree on, what might be the most effective way to address the financial challenges and the shortcomings and how it's going to impact beneficiaries. According to a 2021 annual report of the Board of Trustees of the Federal Old Age and Survivors Insurance and Federal Disability Insurance Trust Funds, the combined Social Security trust funds are projected to be depleted by 2034. So that's not that far off when you think about just kind of kicking the can down the curb is what they continue to do with this. But 2034 is going to be here, I think, before we know it. Yeah, that's right squarely um, in the middle of some of these retirees. You know, that's that's right there. You know, so that's you're, you're facing a, a really big challenge. And like you said, Nolan, a lot of people plan for Social Security as the cornerstone of their retirement. So imagine having to plan for a 25% reduction in that asset, basically. That's how I describe Social Security as it's an asset. I know that it, it's technically a monthly income, but when you look at the type of the, the dollar amount that would be necessary to, to generate the reliable stream of income that Social Security can can generate for the rest of your life, it, it is you know close to seven hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars in in an asset that you need to have prepared. So th- there are some really uh, big concerns. You know, in my opinion, uh, kind of getting off topic a bit, but the debt ceiling is probably the the one of the bigger issues that we're facing right now and that if uh truly we are bumping up against the ceiling and we can't get a resolution you know what are the implications for the u.s economy do we have to default on debt who knows but you know the reality is is that uh, i think i read somewhere social security and in other government benefits are roughly half the budget and then the other half of the budget is aerospace and defense so what are we going to cut? You know, so there isn't really much left over to cut. So something will have to change, most likely with Social Security. I'm always a little leery when somebody, uh, especially politicians, say that should be off the table. You know, remember, no new taxes. Um, you know, that 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 really doesn't mean anything to me. But what it's telling me and what I'm gathering from this kind of under the surface is that you can't rely on the government to pr- protect your fi- your financial future and your family. You need to. Um, incorporate some other investment strategies and some financial planning to make sure that you're going to be okay and that you know you've taken the the time to ensure that to look at least look at what the risks are with social security being reduced and not just just blindly relying on the government to figure it out for you a couple of the things that you can do to control your situation is if you look at it, you know, if they're going to have a reduction somewhere between, you know, 70 to 75 percent of the benefits are going to be what's going to be able to be paid out after their projection of year 2034. You know, that's just, you know, really almost 10 years out now. One thing that you could do is if you've built up a nice retirement nest egg and you follow the philosophy that we teach called the independent income system, what you could do is you could take a bucket 
bucket of money and you could put it inside a bucket of money that in 10 years from now could be used to offset in case that money went away. So you already had a plan B in place uh, that could be used for a future pay raise. There are investments that you can put money into today that you can know what the value would be worth in 10 years from now. You can use inflation adjusted type investments to, to get that game plan put in place. So not a bad idea to have a plan B. And in addition, the other thing that you can do is to control the decision on when to make Social Security. So again, if you're you know within five years of retirement time and you haven't really looked at uh, what you were gonna do with Social Security and got a customized report, uh, that customized solution would be something uh, we'd be happy to do for our radio show listeners. I am also gonna be talking about this as one of the topics in the retirement playbook uh, that's coming up here at uh, BGSU uh, at our Levis Commons campus uh, where we're teaching the class on the retirement playbook. So at Levis Common, we get a class coming up. Uh, you can get all the event details. We want to learn more about Social Security, uh, all the ins and outs of getting retirement ready on our website, ARHQ.com. Don't do what uh, the government is doing and kick that can down the road when it comes to your retirement planning. Go ahead and take steps, put a plan in place, and you know figure out the right time for you. That Social Security Optimization Report, as Nolan said there, uh, generously offering that up. You can also register and attend those those uh, courses, the Retirement Playbook, uh, coming up at BGSU at Levis Commons. Go to ARHQ.com for more info about that. But to schedule a time and have that optimization report run, give a call, 419-794-3030. That's 419-794-3030. Now, when parents deal with technology, they often turn to their kids for help. In fact, there's a new poll that found kids become more tech savvy than their parents by the time they turn 12, which means I've got about five years before I'm behind the eight ball myself. But when it comes to planning for retirement and seeking help, when should somebody begin looking and seeking the help of a financial advisor? Well, I would tend to agree, though, that I think uh, the youth uh, have it down pat when mm -hmm. it comes to technology. <laughs> I know I, I just recently upgraded my computer, and uh, a couple of us did, and we put uh, some smart TVs in our new uh, lobby area that we have, and we can wirelessly connect to them, but <laughs> for the life of me, uh, Scott and I could not figure out how to wirelessly connect, <laughs> and so we called my son home from college, and he drove up from BGSU, and he like <laughs> hit three buttons. He was like, doot, doot, doot. And it was on the screen. So that is true. Uh, you know, your question here is, at what point is it worth getting a financial advisor? Um, one of the things is, if you are working with a financial advisor or you haven't worked with a financial advisor, uh, one of the things I would encourage you to do is we've got a report that talks about the 13 things you should know before choosing a financial professional. Uh, because if you get the person that's on the ball, it can make a big difference versus somebody, you know, who's maybe a salesperson. And, you know, having somebody that walk through your unique situation that I think is very important. So I've taken my years of experience and put it together with a couple of tips for you. Uh, just let us know if you want a copy of that, we can do that. But Chaz, I think you probably would agree. I mean, as a certified financial planner, I think, you know, the areas and when it becomes important to work with a financial professional is when your situation gets uh, too complex. Um, you know, Google or my YouTube channel on how to retire series maybe no longer delivers you all the answers that you're looking for. Um, you're big into creating like in a written investment strategy for folks. And I think that's another area, you know, when you look at retirement, uh, having a, a pocket full of money and picking at it is not necessarily an investment strategy. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I, I talk about actually in the economic summit, we talk about the phases of retirement. And I think 
the need that you have for a financial advisor changes uh, over time as you progress from maybe the accumulation phase when you're young, maybe you're just starting off in your first job and you're, you've got that first 401k and it's all about just saving and maximizing and just getting access to the market. You know, you have the time on your side so you can weather a lot of the ups and downs associated with the market. You can recover from major losses. But as we age, we don't have the time to recover. And so uh, I talk about moving from that accumulation phase kind of into a pre-retirement, sort of a, maybe even an early retirement phase where you're 10 to 15 years out from retirement, maybe mid to late 50s. And then I think that's when uh, a retirement advisor, uh, particularly an income specialist. So I think it's probably important to distinguish between you know the the different types of 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 names we give ourselves you said you said one uh, earlier salesman there and a lot of a lot of folks in the industry are just that maybe they only have one particular license or they're not they don't have a, a fiduciary sort of standard that they're held to so it is all about what product they have available and if it fits your needs generally it may not be the best one for you but if it fits they're held to a different standard um, and so as you're approaching that pre-retirement stage it's it's crucial that you talk to an income specialist and an income specialist is somebody that's going to first of all help you start to articulate what your goals are and I think once you identify what your goals are Nolan you're going to know that uh, it's it's not that I need to sell stocks you know it's not that I'm going to sell a, a stock to be able to pay for that round of golf this weekend I need regularly scheduled income coming into the portfolio and so an income specialist can help you design that income investment strategy that involves stocks that maybe pay high dividends versus ones that pay no dividend at all that you're hoping and praying for some growth in the future and then also looking for good, uh, well-researched individual bonds and bond-like investments like our annuities that have principal guarantees and that for, for right now you can lock in some really great interest rates, in some cases even over 5%, that are going to give you that reliable income stream. And then the other uh, factor that I would say is as you start to move from that pre-retirement into the late stages or um, you know mid to late retirement, now we're going to start talking about taxes. And that's a, you know, a good place also where your financial advisors can help you make sure that you're not paying too much in tax for that hard-earned money, that savings, that 401k, those traditional IRA plans where you haven't paid any tax at all. It's helpful to have a financial advisor in that stage to help you, you know, just save, again, take control of what you, what you can control. Taxes and when you pay them are absolutely something that you can control. Yeah, it's, you know, something that as we're not CPAs or accountants, it's something we love working with either, you know, somebody here locally or your CPA or accountant and kind of running the numbers because your retirement account is usually your biggest or second biggest asset you own besides your house. And, you know, with the lion's share of that being tax deferred, it may make sense to look at strategies to minimize uh, taxes in the future through things like uh, Roth conversions, maybe IRA rollouts, things like required minimum distributions, getting all those things right. Uh, two other areas, as I know, we kind of round up here on a break. Uh, one is you have a hard time keeping emotions out of the investment decision um, if you find yourself you know stuck watching the media and you know always kind of second-guessing what your investment choices are you know we want to help and you know prevent you from being a prey to the emotions of a volatile market you know advisors one of the best
best areas that an advisor earns his paycheck is in the tough times to kind of help navigate you through the waters that are out there. And as you pointed out, the other areas, as you're nearing retirement, you know, that's where you have a mind shift from save and accumulate to how do you make this money get up and go to work for you every single day if you're not going to go to work. So bottom line is if you're uh, wondering at what point is it worth getting a financial advisor, the next step I encourage you to do is get a hold of us. We'll give you a copy of that report that talks about the 13 things you should know before choosing a financial professional. Uh, use that as you begin to interview and look for different uh, areas on where maybe somebody could help you take it up a notch. To get to get a copy of that report, give a call 419-794-3030. That's 419-794-3030. You can also drop them a line at arhq.com. Gentlemen, there was an article on the Business Insider website asked uh, retired people what they wish they had known when they began the planning, saving, and strategizing for when they were going to stop working. They were willing to share the mistakes that they made. Uh, we got the list there in front of you. What do you think of these, and, and do you see them in the portfolios that new clients uh, bring to the table? Well, I, I love it when we talk about mistakes and helping people avoid mistakes. You know, when you think about what are some common retirement planning mistakes, um, it's so important because retirement is a point in your life that doesn't allow that luxury of time to make up for mistakes. So, you know, if you didn't learn about these type of mistakes and all of a sudden you had a blow up, uh, you know, it could be uh, a deadly uh, thing that can happen for somebody who is just moving into retirement time. So we also have uh, quite a bit of information that we put on our YouTube channel. There's five other shows giving you more information on these retirement tips and retirement mistakes. So if you go to YouTube or search us out on any of the major podcasts that are are out there under America's Retirement Headquarters. We've got a lot of tips uh, on these various mistakes that kind of help guide you down the right path. And you know, with being in the business for almost 30 years, I've seen uh, really kind of everything happen that's, that's outside of there. But the advice that they got when they went and the Business Insider asked these people that were retired for what were their uh, things to watch out for is one is they talked about don't keep too much risk in your portfolio. You know, one of the challenging things about the stock market is short term. Uh, nobody controls what the stock market you know, talks about. We had talked about an article earlier that Warren Buffett had wrote in 2008. And, you know, from the time he wrote the article in October of 2008 to March of, you know, 2009. So again, just a couple of months later, the market was already in a free fall, but continued to go down, was down another 28%. You know, for somebody who just maybe retired right at that time frame and took a 28% loss and then was pulling money off of their retirement accounts, you know, they may never get back from that because of the sequence of returns risk. So you want to know what's the right level of risk to take in your portfolio. Chaz, one of the things that I love is when we get together and we're running the uh, investment policy statement, one of the tabs that you go to is you go to this tab where you stress test the portfolio mm -hmm. uh, based upon different levels of risk. And so, you know, the further you go out on taking high risk, maybe somebody's going to hit a home run, you know, maybe they pass away and it says, they're, they're going to be left with millions of dollars, but if they strike out, they could be out of money early. The same would be true, though, is if they take all of their money and they put it all in conservative, uh, that may not work out either. Yeah, exactly. What you're referring to, not to get too far into the weeds, but
but the concept of diminishing returns. And, and that just means that it doesn't ever make sense to be 100% of anything. To your point, um, you should never be 100% invested in stock, nor should you ever be 100% invested in money market instruments, because just by taking a slight amount of risk, maybe adding some bonds or a little bit of common stock, you can increase your expected return. Uh, same way that uh, if you go all the way out on the risk spectrum and you own 100% in stocks, you're going to get about the same amount of return as what you could probably expect with 80%. You know, one of the other things I talk about in, again, in this economic summit we had is we talk about one of the major risks of retirees not knowing that retirement does come in phases. And I know I'm kind of piggybacking on that presentation, but as in doing the research, it, it really does make sense. I mean, imagine trying to take a flight, you know, out of the country, let's say you've got three layovers, but you only know about one of them. That, that would be a very difficult <laughs> flight to try to plan for. And, that, and I think that's what happens with a lot of retirees. Uh, particularly, we see you know, some of the threats, um, again, in that pre-retirement, that early retirement stage. I think people um, don't recognize the fact that they should really start planning for long-term care. It's a tough decision and a tough conversation to have with folks, but you really want to be able to you know, have those conversations while you're healthy and you know, looking at, God forbid, if something happens, maybe would you be um, you know, precluded from being able to buy some, some long-term care insurance. So those are some considerations. Uh, I also see some mistakes that people do um, early in retirement is they overspend. We've seen it happen time and time again where I call it front-end loading retirement where they have to have the, the new car and, and maybe the, the trip to Europe that they always wanted to go on and all of these hobbies and, and all, you know, all of these expenses kind of loaded into one or two years and you know, not taking into consideration what's going on in the markets. It, it could you know, drastically have, have hurt them if they would have taken money out or big chunks last year versus maybe just waiting until January of this year and the market's up, you know, six or so percent. So we see that as a risk. Um, and, and also in that mid to late stages of retirement, we see the risk of not recognizing your required minimum distributions, what the impact is going to be on your taxes, particularly Social Security. You know, a, a lot of times people say, well, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. Almost always that is not the case. I mean, because you'd have to drop your income by about 50% in many cases to get into a lower bracket. And although it's probably possible, the question is, do you really want to do that in retirement? So when you hit 73, you're going to need to take out about 3 to 5% of your portfolio now, which in and of itself is a big demand oftentimes. And uh, you don't recognize the fact that that could make your Social Security more taxable. So there's just there's a lot of, of challenges, a lot of mistakes that we see people uh, doing or overlooking, particularly in the early and the mid stages of retirement. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I had met with a couple just recently, uh, husband and wife. He had retired, and he has some long-term care in place for his situation. Uh, talking with the wife, you know, she had not anything put in place. What we were able to do is we were able to show them a strategy where they could take and take a portion of their current dollars that they had set aside. They were able to reposition 
transition it into an account. So it's kind of like moving your money from your left pocket to your right pocket mm -hmm. and do that over a three-year time frame to build up this bucket. And then what this bucket did is this bucket had doubled the amount of money that she was depositing. So in the event that she needed some type of long-term critical chronic or terminal illness in the future, her dollars were leveraged so much more and was able to do that without buying traditional long-term care insurance. So I know, you know, a lot of times guys are, you know, we're strong headed that we say, take us back by the shed. And mm -hmm. you know, that's what we'll do, but that's not how really life plays out. Mm -hmm. So you do have a lot more solutions when you're looking at planning for long-term care. Again, that client that just came in was a perfect solution that we're able to knock that out over the next three years by having a plan of leveraging their existing dollars. You are correct. Overspending in the early years can be very dangerous. Um, you've got to really look at what that impact of that is. And use um, the, the B word, a budget, maybe, and sticking to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, in those years where things overachieve, you know, uh, that's maybe the years that you prepay some of these extras for you. But you got to be careful in those years. Uh, I take a look and, you know, one of the things that we stress test in our portfolio is inflation. You know, inflation up until the last year hasn't really been a topic. But have you stress test your portfolio with inflation? Uh, have you underestimated what retirement expenses were really going to be like? And to me, it all really comes down to having a clear plan in place. I know one of the things that I love to do when I get together with folks and, you know, we have a conversation and we go through this CFO checklist and within the checklist, we're looking at the areas on how to help them better manage their money, protect their assets and efficiently plan their estate. And we're writing down what are some of the common retirement planning mistakes that we see individuals making you know so these are the blind spots that we say hey watch out you need to eliminate this or address this you know we also talk about areas to add value or so so if you're worried about mistakes uh, maybe you just want somebody to put a second set of eyes to it uh, walking through that CFO checklist I think could provide a good solution for you uh, to make sure that some of these areas don't catch you off guard because like I said in the beginning of this segment you know retirement is a point in your life that doesn't allow the luxury of time to make up for mistakes so you don't want have a blow up at this point and uh, it may be worthwhile to spend a little bit of time to have a, a checkup as you continue on this retirement journey rather than you know have the hindsight is 2020 approach and look back and say oh i made that mistake i probably shouldn't have done that why not let the team at america's retirement headquarters with all their combined years of experience you know what they've seen what they've encountered what other people have encountered and make you aware of those obviously no one's retirement is going to be the same but these are as we said common mistakes in retirement planning uh, and things that you want to address right now so that they don't become much bigger issues down the line. Real easy to get started, 419-794-3030, or you can go to the website and schedule a time as well at arhq.com. Now, layoffs are certainly hitting industries across the country, the tech sector, no uh, exception here. And it made me think, guys, what if one spouse suddenly loses their job? I'm sure if it's unexpected, you can create a lot of stress within a family. So when you guys meet with clients, when you meet with families, how do you help them not only cope with the situation, but actually manage to keep things on track. I think, it, you know, when one spouse loses their job, it absolutely can create a lot of stress. And, you know, how do you cope when your spouse loses their job is a, a very valid point. You know, you could take that situation from stress and, you know, be able to kind of turn it around. To maybe this is just another opportunity at that moment of time to create great things of, of where things come from. Losing a job can be, you know, stressful and a challenging experience for both the person, you know, who loses their job and their spouse. Um, it could be like what we 
we see in some of these big tech companies where all of a sudden you thought, you know, hey, I just got to work a couple of more years and retirement is here uh, to all of a sudden I got walked in with a big group of people and today's my last day. Uh, or to like what we have talked about on some of the previous shows uh, when we talk about the fact of one of the biggest reasons that people uh, unexpectedly have to retire early is because of healthcare related uh, issues that come up. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are a couple of things. It, it starts with the, the baby steps, right? So it is a good idea for everybody to have an emergency account set up. You know, so those sound principles of core financial planning, you know, of having six months worth of income set aside makes a lot of sense. So if you're not in that situation now, but you don't have six months worth of income saved up, uh, start working on that. You know, take a bucket of money and identify that. If you have that six months of uh, money, it can give you a little bit of breathing room, right? You can take a deep breath, relax. You know, you have some money set aside for emergency. I think you you really, you know, when it's a spouse's situation, you kind of remain positive, supportive. You know, losing a job by itself can be a big blow to somebody's self-esteem and, and confidence. It's important to remain positive, supportive, you know, remind your spouse that their strengths and accomplishments continue to reassure that spouse, let them know that you've got them and, you know, there's going to be other opportunities as you kind of go through some of those difficult times. Then you want to start reviewing your finances. So, when you're reviewing your finances, you want to be careful on what you do, uh, such as you know going into your 401k and just taking a, a, an immediate withdrawal without uh, thinking about your age or the tax consequences. You know, depending upon your age and how you take the withdrawals out, you could have mandatory uh, tax withholdings. You can have additional 10% early withdrawal taxes because of your age if you don't meet certain thresholds. There can be things that can be done, and it's not to say that maybe your 401k can't help you bridge some of the gap, but it's just, again, a matter of navigating some of those things so you don't get caught uh, with some of those traps that are out there. Yeah. It, it could be, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, you took that, you know, kind of right out of the Dave Ramsey playbook, the baby steps. You know, I'm, I'm not a, an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I was thinking about that is that, you know, you have to be prepared before something like that happens. And, you know, obviously you, you never know, but if you're approaching retirement or even anybody, I would say, if you if you suspect or you see any sort of writing on the on the wall, it might be a good opportunity to start looking around for something different, because obviously it's a lot easier to find a job when you still have one mm-hmm. uh, versus if if you don't. But yeah, absolutely. I think having the the um, the emergency fund, uh, three to six months of savings and then also being debt free. I know that um, that's easier said than done. But, you know, we do talk about I think one of the baby steps is the debt snowball, you know, where paying off debt as quickly as possible, maybe retiring a mortgage early before you get into retirement and just not taking on additional debt if you lose a job, if at all possible, because now you've just turned a difficult situation uh, you know, pretty much into a nightmare by borrowing into it. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, then going back to like what you were talking about, looking at for, you know, job opportunities. So if you were a couple of years out and you were maybe planning on retiring in five years, maybe you were planning on retiring down south. So maybe this is an opportunity where you could look for uh, the different opportunities. We had somebody that was in our neighborhood, uh, great friends for a long 
time. Uh, one of his pastimes was uh, singing and playing music. He uh, does Frank Sinatra impersonations, and uh, his wife had some job changes. He had some job changes. They took that opportunity to move down to Nashville uh, and get down there in the music scene, which allows him to spend time where he wants to do his hobbies and interests in retirement time anyways, and then you know gives them new opportunities that are down there. When you're thinking about things like health insurance, so you have to look at, you know, do you uh, have the option to go on the health insurance of the other spouse? If the other spouse isn't working, then maybe you need to seek the advice of somebody who can help navigate the affordable health care and how the health care works, which is what here uh, that Scott Kirshner does with America's Medicare Associates. Uh, kind of, again, focusing on, on all of these things. But again, I would tell you, you know, take a deep breath. Everything will work out. Um, it's a matter of, I think, if you want to have somebody help navigate and guide you through this uh, environment, that's where working with a financial professional can kind of help uh, get you through this. Just remember that losing a job is a temporary setback and, you know, with support, determination and effort, your spouse uh, can definitely find a new job and again, continue to regain that financial security. We talk often on here on the show about uh, decisions made under emotional duress. Generally, we're talking about market fluctuation, the volatility there, and you don't want to make the decision where you find yourself selling low and then trying to get back in the market buying high. The loss of a job, the loss of a, a steady source of income coming in, that can certainly be an emotional stressor. But if you've got a plan in place, if you can be objective about it, take the steps back and make sure any decisions you make during that time aren't going to be uh, more detrimental to you down the line. Uh, having people on your side, like the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, can go a long way to avoiding making those decisions. So uh, one of those things, as Chad said, better to go have a plan in place ahead of time. You can do that by calling 419-794-3030. You can also go to the website, arhq.com. Scott, welcome in. And uh, they saved this question. They wanted me to save this one just for you, by the way. Uh, Going to start oh, off a little late, but congratulations to the sure. Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're ever wondering how much the players get to keep from that extra paycheck, the website, thenextgenbusiness.com, well, they uh, they did the liberty of crunching the numbers here. Super Bowl winnings, $157,000. Federal income tax, $58,090. FICA, $12,011. Jock tax, $3,925. Net income, $82,975. Resulting in a total effective tax rate of 47.15%. It's uh, pretty heavy, but uh, they're going to keep about half of it. I guess that's something. You know, this is a windfall for them, obviously not expecting it regularly, but a windfall can happen in retirement as well, like when a loved one leaves you with an inheritance. I'm sure over the years you guys have had clients who either received or left an inheritance. What are the tips on, on how to handle that? Well, uh, listen to those numbers. You know, I knew the odds were in favor in Vegas, but it sounds like the odds are absolutely in favor for the IRS in, in that particular windfall. Absolutely. And that's the biggest takeaway, too, is, you know, when you're looking at an inheritance, I think, you know, one of the big windfalls is in place is uh, windfall is for the IRS. If you don't do things correctly, um, you really need to make sure that you have things kind of put in place to uh, make sure that you use your money to be able to help your family and, and avoid some of these big disasters. You know, handling an inheritance it can be really complex. Um, it's an emotional process. I know, unfortunately, you know, just dealing with retired clients, it's something that we actually get the privilege to help that family through that process, uh, meeting with the, the spouse or meeting with the kids uh, and kind of walking them through. Here's what we've done all the way through, uh, you know, what we needed to do. You definitely got to take some time to grieve, uh, but you also need to make sure that you understand some of the legal and tax implications. You got to evaluate your financial situation, 
and set priorities, you know, develop a plan. Again, seek some professional advice and, you know, be mindful of how that emotional impact is going to be on you. And it might be different from everybody else. Um, I know oftentimes when you meet with clients or when you meet with clients, too, mm-hmm. and, and you're dealing with an inheritance, um, you know, things can be different. We had, Scott, I know a case that we were recently talking about where it was a, a single older lady and she was set to get um, some money that was coming in at a big lump sum. And, you know, what we had talked about in that situation was, you know, you know, she gets that money. Um, she has a couple of different cool choices, you know, the opportunity to be debt free. Sure. Uh, but also it presented, you know, the risk of, well, what happens because she's single in a, in a nursing home spin down. So, you know, by taking and looking at things from the, the healthcare side or looking at things from the financial side uh, and putting the plan in place, I think ultimately is how you get to the best conclusion on uh how to handle an inheritance yeah you know that's absolutely right and especially if you think about this if you have a um you know a loved one a parent maybe that passes away or a loved one that uh, gives money and you're 65 years old and, and you inherit a large um uh, amount of money you have to be prepared for income reportable income because um, the Medicare premiums are actually calculated based on income and you may get a, a hefty surcharge um, uh, I guess it's a kind of a penalty if you for lack of a better term for income being over the um, the certain threshold you know like right now in 20 uh, 2023 the family income is 197,000 so if you're over that you're gonna pay a higher cost for your uh, for your Medicare Part B premium yeah. So, but there's nothing better than to help out uh, a family um, during that um, a time of loss and to make sure that you get them taken care of with their uh, with their investments and have them moving forward, knowing that you were there to help them. Yeah, and one of the questions I get asked situations where maybe uh, the parents are considering splitting their estate equally amongst all the kids, but sure. maybe one or two are self-sustaining and doing well, maybe the other one is not doing so well. So what what I always encourage my clients to do is uh, if they love their children equally, to definitely treat them uniquely, meaning that means consider each one of their needs and their financial situation. So in this case, we're working with an elderly widower, had three daughters. Two of them, again, were doing very well financially. The other uh, was struggling. And so what I think they ultimately ended up doing was, you know, leaving this, the an equal amount of uh, money or I guess value to each one of the children, mm-hmm. but to the child that was struggling, uh, offered them their car and you know provided them the the home sure. rather than the, the the actual financial asset. So I think it is important, you know, to to obviously treat kids equally, but that doesn't mean to give your assets away equally, just means to consider their unique situation. And that's been my experience with estate planning. As the uh, the child that my parents don't worry about, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> always agree with that, but I understand that sentiment entirely. <laughs> when we talk about getting to, through, and beyond retirement, this is exactly what we're speaking of, helping you, uh, you know, uh, not just you, but your loved ones as well, whether it is you inheriting a windfall or uh, passing it on to your loved ones, it's all part of that process. And so, it, it's the comprehensive plan, right? That's that's what it's all about, and, and hopefully one less thing you need to concern yourself with or your loved ones need to concern yourself with. So real easy to get started. Start that planning process. Pick up the phone. Give a call, 419-794-3030. That's the number, 419-794-3030, or you can go online, arhq.com. Don't forget, a lot of valuable educational events coming up uh, throughout the region. You can go to arhq.com, click on the events tab, find one near you, 
And uh, we want to thank you, as we always do, for joining us this week here on the show. Uh, please take care of one another out there. Be safe. Have a great week. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. I would say, yeah, there's a lot of great things coming up. You know, we're on our retirement journey series. So within the retirement journey series, uh, we're talking about the economic updates. We're giving you inside information uh, regarding our outlook on the markets, the economy. If you haven't been out to one of our events, uh, we have several turning 65 events. So if you're wondering, you know, how does Medicare apply to me and my situation? Uh, even if you plan on keep working past 65, get the information you need to know. Uh, we also also have the retirement playbook events that are coming up. Those are going to be at Levis Commons, uh, where we're doing uh, the BGSU class. Uh, going to be talking about things like the state of the economy, giving you updates on our market outlook, you know, strategies to not only survive, but to thrive in this type of environment. We'll walk you through taxes, what maybe you need to do now uh, before some of the tax laws change in the future. What are the strategies to try to keep the government away from your money? I know Scott's going to be there. He'll be talking talking briefly on the healthcare topics as well. So if you're going to retire before the age 65, what are the ins and outs that you need to know uh, about healthcare and the Affordable Healthcare Act? How do you structure and get your plan put together to try to minimize your overall healthcare costs? And, you know, hey, I'll tell you, it's an income, not an asset-based test. So the decisions that you make now before you retire can have a dramatic impact, especially for those folks who retire before age 65. We'll talk about debt elimination and so much more. We've got that information, uh, again, where you can get that. It's on our website. It's americasretirementheadquarters.com or just go to arhq.com. You can click on the events tab, see those upcoming events that you have. Uh, we have uh, you know, over 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, each and every week, if you like the topics that we're talking about, we break these down. If you want to know about how to invest in a bear market, uh, what to do about higher inflation, we have all of these shows broke down for you so you can get directly to the information that you're looking for, uh, get the answers that you need, uh, again, on YouTube or on any of the major podcasts that are out there, whether it's Spotify, the Apple Store, or Google Podcasts, just type in America's Retirement Headquarters. Uh, we can get you that information. Uh, other than that, any uh, final thoughts that you guys have? Well, you're right, Nolan. There's a lot of information out there on the website. Um, check out our events. And um, boy, the events we do are always educational, and they uh, work out very well for a lot of people, getting them in touch with uh, a lot of things that they didn't know prior to coming to our events. Yeah, I think it's a perfect opportunity also to kind of kick the tires if sure. earlier in the segment we talked about when it's necessary to find a financial advisor what are some of the topics and pitfalls you need to be watching out for and i think this is a a great venue um it's um you know not we're not selling you anything nothing's for sale there it's just an opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about us and uh, how to take care of your family in these challenging financial times so I guess I, as we wrap up this segment, I'll uh, leave you with a final quote for the week to think about. Uh, this is the quote, if you're going to live, leave a legacy, make a mark on the world that cannot be erased. So do great things, uh, you know, find out about how to go from success to significance. Uh, we've also got later this summer is our summer barbecue. We're going to be talking about that event and uh, so much more. So we look forward to seeing you soon. Just remember, when you think retirement, think America's Retirement Headquarters, home of America's Medicare Associates and the Retirement Guide formula.
America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.